is he? He is me. Hi, I'm Rafi Redswan. This is he. Here is my chance to share some amazing stories with some amazing people that are inspiring to me. He celebrates everyday people of everyday life. He revolves around conversations that inspire others to change the world and make a difference in life with a little bit of laughter and a whole lot of drama. Join me for personal stories and experiences on health and healing, successes and failures, recovery and discovery, anything relatable and anything in between. He elevates us to rise again and live our very best life. Just so you know, you are not alone. He is with you. Yeah. They don't even stand up for us, right? They yeah. Don't. In fact, some okay, of I'm them... Take... <laughs> I, I did say us. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm going to take that out, okay? Okay, sure. Lepas pula. Lepas. Okay, okay. Continue, Dr. Johan. I will take that out, eh? I promise. Okay, okay. go on. Dr. Johan Juhari analyzes a study on the prevalence of mental health issues surrounding the LGBT plus community. In this episode, he delves deep into the milestone research conducted by Dr. Johan on coping strategies and mental disorders among the LGBT plus community in Malaysia. He explains the community is vulnerable to mental disorders due to the pressures of being in a conservative heteronormative culture. The stigmas that Malaysian LGBT plus individuals face from society, the law, and within themselves are often caused by societal and religious values incompatible with the ideology of non-cisgendered that leads to institutionalized prejudice, social stress, social exclusion, discriminatory hatred, and violence, and internalized guilt and shame. He suggests more studies should be conducted to better understand and better manage mental disorders of the Malaysian LGBT plus community as an initiative to navigate the future of a nation that is inclusive and fair for all. This is his story. Hi, Johan. Hello, hi. Hey, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. It's been so long since I... To you, and I am so happy to have you over the show. Thank you, thank you so much. And today we have Dr. Johan Johari, and then we will talk about on addressing challenges in LGBT plus mental health in Malaysia. And this conversation will talk about Dr. Johan Johari's research work behind addressing the issues surrounding LGBT plus mental health and the challenges faced by the community, and hopefully to discover. What is the meaning and why it happens? Hopefully, you would also suggest how to cope and overcome the challenges from the health perspective of a physician, a researcher, and also your personal views. This aims to provide exposure and understanding about the issues and help to do greater good for the community and improve the mental health aspect of LGBT plus lifestyle. What are the challenges predominantly faced by the LGBT plus community in Malaysia? Malaysian LGBT plus community is in a very uh, unique space with a lot of um, challenges that, that you might not find in any, anywhere else. Mm. 
yeah. right? Uh, yeah. Because uh, the special, um, for example, the special laws that we have uh, um, in the, let's not even talk about the LGBT plus first, let's talk about the the special yeah. laws among the races in yeah. Malaysia, how, yeah. in Malaysia, how like uh, the Malays are constitutionally Muslim, uh, and then there is no really, um, there's no real way for a Malay person to get out of Islam. Mm. Um, uh, well, no real uh, accessible way, right? And yes. things like that. Correct. So as uh, with that, you can even uh, you can even guess where I'm going uh, with this, right? So yeah. that's the cultural aspect, that's the religious aspect, that's the legal aspect, as well as there is uh, the religious law aspect that yes. uh, that is faced by the community in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Um, so what this means to an LGBT plus uh, person in Malaysia mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. they are b- bombarded from every aspect, right? Like yeah. nowhere is safe. Um, true, true. Even in their family. Uh, so they will face stigma from... Uh, from yeah, the law, from the society, from the institution, yeah. from the from the family, and even from themselves, growing up in Malaysia, yeah. Yes. Yes. So um, and being uh, despite us being twenty twenty two, is very it's still very common for for locals to um, use LGBT as a scapegoat, right? Like yeah. I think it was just a few years ago when there was like heavy rain and they blamed it on the LGBT plus community existing. And this yeah. is in like all the major newspapers. This is not like some uh some yeah. coffee shop talk or anything like that, right? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the LGBT plus uh, community in Malaysia is facing all of these issues and of course, like logically, when we think about it, it would affect their mental health status, right? Mm-hmm. Like imagine um, growing up in a place where everybody says you're wrong, even yourself, mm. you know? So it's so to go into each of the challenges is very, mm. very, very, it's going to be a very broad uh, topic and we probably will talk for like four or five hours just on it, you just know? Just on that, yeah. yeah. But I have a say on that. I think it's so wrong in so many ways just to blame that small community when the rest is, is like how, how, you know, it's why that small community? Like why Malaysia is being, you know, punished for having heavy rain and that community is being bombarded with that. Because we are the weakest. Because there is no uh, politician who will, like, n- not even politician, l- uh, let's even talk about, like, celebrities or, mm. you know, any public figure. No public figure mm. would stand up for us. Yeah, no, right? even those, and some of those public figures are one of them too, but... Yeah, so, like, uh, what I was saying, like, uh, the LGBT community in Malaysia is the weakest, um, is the weakest group, right? Uh, yeah. Nobody will stand up for us. Uh, not even people, uh, uh, no politician will stand up for us. It's, it will be a political suicide to even say that, you know, just leave the LGBT alone. Um, no celebrities would uh, would dare to say about us. No influencers would uh, would mm. even like 
stand up in a in mm-hmm. a platform and on a platform and just say look stop it right like mm-hmm. stop targeting us and mm-hmm. um with all the aforementioned uh challenges right we ourselves are already in what psychologists call learned helplessness mm-hmm. right we know yeah. that whatever we say is going to be um is going to be shut down we know whatever we j- and like the lgbt plus community doesn't ask for much we just ask to be treated like fellow human beings yes. you know yeah and yeah. but we know that if, if we even ask for that right we will get sh- we will get shut down mm-hmm. you know yeah, and yeah. more like that's what learned helplessness is and that's what's happening with the lgbt plus community in malaysia yeah now before we go uh forward I, may i know the description between the lgbt plus and then some of them are with q and then ia why do you choose just lbgt okay well. so um i i chose the term lgbt plus uh for two reasons right one yeah. it's historical like um the first lgbt movements uh, in america and in other western countries started yeah. with this uh this concept of lgbt because mm-hmm. uh even at that time uh mm-hmm. the lgbt is actually an umbrella term for everyone that is not cis hat right not cis sexual yeah. Uh, sorry, yes. cisgendered or heterosexual, right? Yes, so yes. even then, it was it was a thing, but people didn't know how to define themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get people like Martha, uh, not Martha Stewart. I mean, like <laughs> Martha, Marsha P. Johnson, who, yeah. who, who, I guess in today's terms, at least from uh, my my own perspective, she would be gender fluid. She she mm-hmm. never completely say that she's a woman, but she's she, yeah uh, yeah. Uh, she never shy away from identifying and identifying as a man sometimes. You know, so it, it's yeah, always yeah. so it's a gender fluid thing. And but that yeah. uh, term gender fluid didn't exist back then, right? Uh, does the gender fluid fall into that category too? Yes. So, like, even, for, even if they're straight, for example, even if they're straight. So, right? Yeah. So oh. the thing is the LGBT. So that's the LGBT, right? Because of a historical value in that to uh, honor the people that uh, that have fought before us, and yeah. and the plus is honestly because like uh, I think one of the uh, more comical way for people to to suggest uh, to describe the LGBT. LGBT plus community is as the alphabet mafia, right? Because we keep mm-hmm. on the L- adding the alphabet there, yeah? LGBTQIA, yeah. W, X, Y, Z, and things yeah, like that. Right? Correct, correct. Yeah, but but a plus would just uh, for me it is a very simple and elegant way to kind of like envelop everybody else, yes. or everybody that doesn't uh, that don't identify with the specific letters of LGBT, and we have a lot of that. So what what LGBT means to me, LGBT plus means to me and to uh, like in my paper is that it's anybody who is not, um, uh, who doesn't identify as both cisgendered mm-hmm. and uh, heterosexual. So mm. you can be, you can be non-cisgendered but heterosexual or yes. cisgendered and uh, non-heterosexual. Or mm-hmm. non-cisgender and non-heterosexual. So basically, it's a more a bigger umbrella for us to mm-hmm. fill in, I guess. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I like how they now come up with all those explanation meanings that it, 
we people in that community are valid for whatever mm. reason you know they mm. don't just you know they don't just make themselves they are born that way yeah yeah you know so, and it's not a choice it's never a choice it's not a choice it's never a choice yeah uh, for me it's just this it's a very simple thing uh, a very simple and logical thing i'm in malaysia i'm part of the community why mm-hmm. would i choose to be gay in malaysia <laughs> you yeah. know when yeah. all the odds are stacked against me why would i do that yes right correct like, correct so that's not a it's not an except, it's not a logical thing it's not a logical choice no no yeah? but when you place um, a law into it and then harm these people i don't think it's right in so many ways yeah uh, definitely and this law is a colonial artifact that we had you know it's yeah. actually based on the uh the english common law if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. and we brought it in via india actually so because our um our what do you call our penal code is based on the indian penal code which was uh, based on the english common law mm-hmm. so uh, and the reason i mentioned these countries is because i want to tell you that these countries have already abolished this law of mm-hmm. like unnatural yeah. sex right yeah yeah, uh, yeah so like if the the parent laws have already ab- abolished these laws why are we still keeping it you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. yeah 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 maybe in the future eventually would probably do something about it but um that's something that i'm not going to touch but 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 how do you as a physician address these issues i see a lot of young people uh, that struggles with this identity or even mm. use it uh, use it as a shield you know mm. um and but the fact of the matter is this issue is um is affecting everyone mm. from every yeah. age range yeah so yeah. as a physician i, I um I remember there was a one patient who came to me and asked to be uh, asked me to write him a referral letter to go to a conversion camp, a conversion therapy camp. Meaning Is that, there such a thing here? Um, there, there is. is? Yes, oh uh, there is a government back one, <gasps> and that, but this one, the particular, this particular one was a church backed one, okay. and and just I, like in America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mm-hmm. sat down with him and I talked to him about his, uh, about his problem and why he want to uh, he wants to be referred and with active listening and with validating his emotions and things like that, he finally said that the thing the thing that makes him not want to be gay is that when he loves someone he just wants to hold their hand he he just wants to show the world that you know. We are mm-hmm. we are a thing. We are a couple. We are husbands, and mm-hmm. and he could never do that in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. And that personally broke my heart when I heard him say that because mm-hmm. it's not even that he feels that being gay is wrong. It's just that he doesn't want to deal with that. You know, with mm-hmm. that heartbreak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. as a physician, um, the most I could do is I could just talk to him. I could just mm-hmm. listen to him. You know. And validate what he's going through, yeah, and yeah. I think that is something that is very, very important that a lot of doctors forget that, you know, sometimes patients just a listening ear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, 
And then it's also if he were to decide that it's it's his choice too. It is at his that, choice. Yeah. At that time, maybe he hmm. would figure it out after he um, complete the camp. Yeah, definitely. But, but yeah. that be, would be his journey. But again, their decision, then they have to go through the whatever they want. Oh, definitely. Like, uh, yeah. we we have to remember that like physicians are not gods, right? Like, we are yes. not. We yeah. are not the end all be all, you know. Like yeah. when you, yeah, we are there just to help, you know. Help. And yeah. sometimes our, the way we help is just by listening, and just yeah. by, you know, like um, sometimes people like, especially with me being in the psychiatric back, um, uh, psychiatric department, psychiatric mm-hmm. uh, community. Uh, sometimes people don't realize what they are, what they want, or what why they are doing things like that, right? Mm, like true, true. So what what we do is just ask the right question, listen, mm. and ask the right questions, mm. and hopefully, like they can realize what why they are doing things. Mm-mm. But at the end of the day, it's still their their choice, right? Yeah. If they want to go to these places, then yeah, that's that's, that's... their autonomy. Yeah, what should we do as a society to help break the stigma, break the barriers, and promote an understanding at least? An understanding, <laughs> at least an understanding. You may not be the person to agree with something, hmm. but at least to help promote an understanding where you can accept them as a human being. You may yeah. not have to agree with them with the choices in their life. Okay, it's very iffy in Malaysia because, uh, again, like the legal ramifications and also the societal um, societal stigma against the... But what, what can we do as a society? Huh? Mm. I guess the number one thing is treat the LGBT plus community like normal people. Yeah. You know, um, we have a lot of allies, but a lot of them are what, what I call performative allies. You know, like mm-hmm. they are, they love us when we kiki kaka, when we like, you know, when we are yeah. this character and things like that. But mm. at the end of the day, if somebody were to talk bad about us or sub against us, I don't hear these people standing, uh, like mm. standing up for us. In fact, sometimes these people who who these performative allies, right? They might even mm. be the one who talk bad about us, or you know, mm-hmm. like uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, propagating the the stereotypes and things like mm-hmm. that. So it is. Um, I I actually don't know how to break the stigma, mm-hmm. <laughs> like how to promote the understanding, right? Like I guess, like just treat the LGBT plus community as normal human beings, and mm. if just look at it this way. If this is something that would uh, that would hurt your your best friend or your your family, right? Mm. And you would get angry uh, for those for those reasons, right? Like yes, at yes. those things. Why don't you get angry for the LGBT plus community? You know, mm. why don't you react the same way? You know. So mm. uh, honestly, it's it's a very tough not to crack but yeah, yeah. it is something that we, we need to start somewhere you know yeah yeah i mean we see these uh, people celebrities are standing up for this community in america but it's also not easy over there too mm. because mm. um people still get uh, bullied abused 
for being themselves. Um, but of course, here it has its own challenges as well. And at the same time, you see that um, uh, people in that community are struggling. Uh, if we were to help them, we have to help them quietly. <laughs> cannot be openly because we are so scared of being kacham, you know? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Can Yeah, you do something? I I I get Yeah. I get what you mean, but you know, like uh, for cishet people, right? For cisgender heterosexual people, if they speak up, they might get kacham, like you say, they Yeah. might Yeah. get cancelled, Yeah. right? Yeah. 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 But I'm what I'm gonna tell you is that like for the LGBT plus community in Malaysia, being cancelled. is the best thing that could happen to them. Yeah, Because, because we get beaten yeah. up, we get um, we, uh, we lose our jobs, we, Mm. Mm hmm. we lose our opportunities in like studies, careers and things like that just when people find out that we are, uh, we are um, part of the LGBT plus community. And like, I, I don't need to remind you that a, a couple Mm. of years ago, Um, there was one Indian boy who was killed because because he appeared uh, effeminate, right? We don't even know if he he was part of the LGBT plus community, right? But just Mm. because he was he appeared effeminate, Was he was he murdered? killed. Clear, He was murdered. he was um, he was beaten up by a bunch Oh. of like fifteen, sixteen year olds, if I'm not mistaken, Wow. and he died. So. Jesus. I I will be Yeah. I will be uh, this might be crude but I don't care about you being kacham when we are being killed <laughs> you Yeah, know what I mean exactly. <laughs> It's wrong. yeah But also you... you have this law that will put you in jail too for talking like this. You know what I mean? um So not if necessarily you have someone like me, for example, if I hmm were ever to get there one day, hmm have, uh, you know, millions of followers and uh, not trying to encourage this, but trying to, you know, promote an understanding. Do you think that can jeopardize my career just so I defend the LGBT plus community? I mean, there is a, a chance, like, let's not, uh, and there, there is a huge chance that it might affect your, you going forward, right? But, um, but Mm. 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 I'm not going to lie to you, like, the laws are there, and if they can use this law against you for speaking up uh, about LGBT plus community, they can actually do that for anything, right? Because the law in Malaysia, the specific law in Malaysia against the LGBT plus community is only, um, it's the unnatural sex law. That means Okay, you cannot. okay, okay, understood. Okay. Okay. So we are per somehow it's it's <laughs> not it's it's just that. mm, it's just It's that. just Yeah, that. it's It's just that. it's not about like standing up and speaking Okay. about me because Okay, those, okay. yeah. <laughs> Otherwise your work wouldn't be valid for helping these people. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think that talking about it if even if it's wrong, I mean how are you going to address this as a nation? Because Yeah. we are part of you know the country. We are the people. We are the people. You know, we're born Yeah. here, um, you know, uh, and um, Well, it's really sensitive to talk about it, but it's also very, very hard to also address these issues. that, that's true. It's it's a catch twenty two. You know, like Mm. we can't. We can't really, 
like, like, like you asked me how to break the st stigma, right? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's, but I have to start somewhere where I, where I can do, like for me personally, what I'm trying to do to break the stigma is mm. like, you know, produce papers like this. Yeah, um, yeah. Giving this kind of interviews and talks uh, because like, I, I think this, this thing, uh, the community should be normalized. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like the conservative estimates for, uh, for um, the gay community in in the world, basically, I think it's about 10%. That is the con conservative estimate, right? Estimate, yeah. Uh, and that doesn't even include the, the rest of the uh, LBT plus, you know? Yes, yes. So maybe LNG, if I'm not mistaken, if, uh, mm -hmm. uh, it's homosexual, right? So not even BT and all the mm -hmm. other. Mm -hmm. So... Actually, we do have the power. We like um, the LGBT plus community presents at, even if it's ten percent. That's ten percent of voting power, you know. So mm, mm, uh, yeah, mm. I, I know we. Um, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's yeah, a lot. I I know we are not supposed to talk about like politics too much, but yeah, the, yeah. the election is coming up. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah, you can. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. so that's something that that we have to we are not as weak as what we believe or what we mm -hmm. are we are made to believe mm. you know mm. but yeah. we just need enough like enough people to realize that mm -hmm. and why is this cause important why is this research and work important why is it important because i'm part of the community so uh, mm. i think um it's important because like my patient that I told you about, right? Like, mm. I can't go out and hold hands with my boyfriend. You know, mm -hmm. I can't, um, I can't, I can't even disclose that I'm gay to like certain people mm -hmm. in, in, where I work mm -hmm. uh, for fear of me being discriminated against. Yes. I mean, I, I try to be open about it, but, but mm -hmm. I, Look at it this way, like I'd say it's ten percent of the community, right? Like so mm. it only makes sense that uh at least ten percent of psychiatrists in Malaysia is part of the LGBT plus community. Mm. Mm -hmm. But not one of them talked about this. Yeah. yeah it's most it's they prefer to like don't kiss and tell. Yeah. Yeah. So, they and... can't be open about it and you can talk about it. Okay, fine. We don't talk about it. But um if they ask you something that how do you answer them? Like, do you have girlfriend? Uh can I say that I don't, you know, you know what I mean? Things mm. like that. Mm. Um, so how do you how do you how do you engage in that, you know, conversation when you cannot be open about it? This is what I mean, you know? I try to be as open as I could, right? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, uh, um, I am working in psychiatry, so my, my bread and butter is about gauging people. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for the most part, if I gauge somebody that uh, when who I talk to at work, that they can't accept me being an, uh, a mm -hmm. part of the LGBT plus community, I won't say anything. Right? But do you realize that when you, when you, when you don't say anything, Hmm. But at times they tease you, they edgy yeah. edgy you. Like you know what I mean? Oh yes. But then I... some some people like they don't they don't agree with it. For example, hmm. but it's okay for them to edgy edgy you. Like eh, hey, kau ni gay ke? You know? Mm -mm. Well, uh... tapi ta but they don't want to accept that. Yeah. But it's okay for them to tease you or bully you. Yeah. Things you don't even want to hear. 
You're right. You're right. And sometimes, right. yeah, and it's hard. And when they yeah. they do these kind of things, when especially when they know that, uh, they have the numbers, right? Mm-mm. So it mm. is quite, yeah, it's quite hard. It's quite mm. hard to not retaliate sometimes. Yes, you know I mean? yes, yes. Yeah. And and before I ask you, what are the forces behind this? You know, um, this initiative that drives you to address the issues. Let me tell you mine. I think this is very important because it is related to mental health. Mm. When you don't have that bit of community that you think is a threat to you, it's not mm. healthy mentally. Mm. You know, where this part of community also contribute to society. Mm. Yeah. It's it's going to do a lot more damage than good. That's right. I agree. That's why I want to talk about it. And this is the <laughs> second season of the the show and then the mm. first season I did talk about it openly mm. and then mm. why it was important and the mm. discrimination is really bad but mm. this time I think we come in an aspect where it is in a research form that is mm. written on a paper yeah. it's not just by mouth yeah yeah I wanted to to talk about that actually why is mm. it important right mm. because mm. Um, you're right like there's no there's no documented evidence that mm, the LGBT plus community in Malaysia specifically is suffering, right? Mm, mm. I mean, um, logically, all of us know, like even like uh, when I talk to psychiatrists who are conservative, who are even homophobic, right? Like mm-hmm. e- even they can say that, you know, yeah, of course, the LGBT plus community would have a higher mental health um, uh a higher prevalence of mental health issues mm-hmm. compared to uh, the norm- uh, the common population, the general population. Mm-hmm. But saying something and mm-hmm. not being able to prove it mm-hmm. is means nothing in academia. It means nothing in policy making. Yes, right? yes. So we need this number. We need this number as a baseline, right? So I have mm-hmm. uh, like with this study, we have proven with numbers that the LGBT plus community is suffering. Like, um, just a, a bit of spoiler in my uh, about my study. Mm-hmm. Like, um, the likelihood of uh, an LGBT plus in Malaysia to have any diagnosable mental health issue is at least two to three times more than the general population. Right? Mm. So, okay. And that is only uh, that is like diagnosable. That means to the point that you are having a clinical diagnosis. But like the ones before, like normal everyday mental health issue that you need help for, mm. that would be much more. Yes, yes, and yes, yes. If we talk about depression, the what I found in my study was is that among the LGBT plus is twenty times more than uh, the general population. Mm, so wow. can, yeah, it's crazy. The numbers are crazy, crazy. but but numbers don't lie, you know. It, yeah, I know. Yes. So these are yeah. the things. So this is why we need these numbers because it's the first step mm-hmm. to do to doing something more important, like more mm-hmm. substantial. More studies can be built on this. People can go in even deeper about um why they are having all these issues does having this uh laws that uh the targets the lgbt plus community mm. um does it 
affect uh, their mental health status and things like that, right? Yes. So, yes. and hopefully in the future, based on this one study, uh, more studies can be made. And hopefully we in the future, we can actually, you know, amend the law. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it has to start somewhere. And this is, yeah. I guess this is our start. What are the most difficult challenges you can share in this journey? First mm -hmm. of all, it's like uh, when I presented this study for our ethical board, ethical committee, um, I'm very, very grateful that the UM ethical committee was very open to this idea. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the biggest challenge that I had at that time was decide like educating the academia of what mm. lgbt plus is and why this study is important mm. you know mm. like um the lgbt plus community uh, is out of sight out of mind um uh, mm. to most to most uh cis people right so mm. they, it's not something that they even consider as uh, would be uh, significant work or we, get, we will get significant data from it, right? Mm. So educating them is very hard and uh, let's not talk about educating them on what the plus means and what is yeah, the difference yeah. between trans men and trans women yes, <laughs> like that. Yes. because that, that is also quite hard. And yeah. the, But the second thing that I think... Uh, one of the biggest challenge, actually, this is the biggest challenge I had, was talking to the population, talking to mm. the... Um, um, so, uh, I first advertised this study through uh, Twitter, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that was my first ever advertisement, and it got 3,000 engagement, like, wow. over the course of two, three days, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And... Out of those two, three thousand, uh, again, uh, sorry, three thousand engagement, mm -hmm. about I I contacted about three hundred people, or rather, they contacted me. Uh, uh, these three hundred people contacted me about it, mm -hmm. but like, uh, only um half of that actually enrolled in the study. Mm -hmm. So and when I talk to them, like, there's so much fear. There's so much fear about, like, their, mm. their security, their data, their... Mm. Uh, yes. And, I bet. I bet. Yeah, I bet. They're yes. very afraid. Some, some of them yeah. even asked if I was, like, if I was uh, with the government, like, as in, like, with the Jakim or whatever, you know? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Yeah. So, and being professional, I cannot go like, hey, girl, no, you know? Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I have to, like... Yes, like I, I believe so. Um, we, we did all we can to protect the data. Like, I am the only person who has the data. Like, uh, even as you see from my paper, there are three authors. But I am the only one who, who has all the data. So I, and whatever I shared with them for analysis and things like that, uh, I have removed all identifiable data. So it's just, you know, age range, salary or whatever, things like that only. So, um, um, that's how we try to protect it. But like talking mm -hmm. to these people, like talking to 150 people, and mind you, like each person takes an average about one one and a half oh. hours uh -huh. uh, of interview and um, it's heartbreaking 
I had yeah. I had a couple of people who couldn't even finish the study because they were they were facing with a lot of issue at the time. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And to to hear like people um bearing their souls out. Some mm. most of them for the first time, you know. Mm. Like they didn't mm. even know that they had anything. They mm. thought of just of just uh participating, right? Mm-mm. And it's hard. It's heavy. I couldn't. Yeah. I don't think. Uh, like it's something that I would would. Um, I I don't think it's something that is that should be taken lightly. You know, like yeah, yeah. it shouldn't. You know yeah. what I learned in this journey is that they're prone to substance abuse. They're mm. prone to um anything that they're not supposed to, you know, mm. like like uh, risky behaviors. Correct. If their mental health is not that, you know, stable, mm. they are prone to that. Risky yeah. behaviors, substance abuse, prostitution, and if you, you know, as um as the country <laughs> neglect that on purpose, mm. just so mm. that these people are sinful and must be punished. That is so wrong in so many ways, and this has to stop. Yeah, it has to stop, and someone like you must take you know, um, this work to not just you, but also to, you know, not just normalize it also, but to make it like it it is an you know, it is a work that that must be addressed, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. must be spoken about too. Yeah, this community cannot be ignored, and the more you try to ignore it, the worse it gets. You know, the worse mm-hmm. it becomes. Oh yeah, talking about that, like another challenge I I had was actually from the community itself. Like a lot of people didn't want to didn't want me to go uh, go with this study because mm. they're afraid of their status quo. You know. Like mm, they, they want to mm, keep the status quo because, and I usually find this in. Um, I'm sorry to say, but the mm. the older population, like mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. maybe not super old, like, but people in their forties and above, mm, yeah. Um, because like these people, they benefited from they they learn a lot to protect themselves and and guard themselves from uh from scrutiny and things like mm, that mm, and mm. they have maintained well right mm. maybe with a lot of anxiety and things like that yes but at the same time um they are afraid because they uh because their existence is fragile right mm. i understand i would be super afraid if i were in their position as well and mm. a lot of them are afraid that if i if you know this thing is being talked about and things like that the mm. government will come down harder on them you know mm. yeah so uh, these things happen and um yeah i've had people telling me that you know trying to discourage me from within the community itself um yeah because, huh. yeah but yeah 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 but Sometimes I I I wonder if they forgot that the friends that they lost along the way, mm-hmm. because even me as a I'm a 36 year old man, right? Mm. Like I have lost at least three friends to mm. uh, to AIDS and HIV, and this was because at, at that um in the 90s in the 80s people don't want mm. to get people, treatment. People yeah because of stigma, right? 
So, was there treatment at that? There was no treatment at the time, right? In the 90s? In the 90s, there was treatment already. Already? But, but they, they didn't... Yeah, they, because... Oh. Yeah, because... Wow. Uh, they were scared not, to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. But even like even in America, right? Like they, mm. uh, they didn't want to uh, address this because it's... It's not their yeah. problem. It's not the cis hat sure. problem. It's a gay yeah. problem, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like, yeah. So, mm. um, so yeah. Uh, and part of it, part of me is doing this for them as well. You know, like mm -hmm. our friends who has passed on, uh, people who have struggled and are not with us today. You know, this. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So, it's not only for the living. Yeah. It's also for those who has passed Suff, before us yeah. and who yeah. is come who is going to come after us. Mm -hmm. I I mean like I'm I try to be a realist, right? Mm -hmm. Like I don't believe like uh based on my study within 10 years we can overturn all the the LGBT plus community can flourish in Malaysia. I don't believe in that. Right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> or rather I I want to believe but it doesn't make sense, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but if because of uh, this study or and or the changes that these people are making uh, the the real advocates are making like um Nisha Ayub, uh, Pankita, Numan are make, are doing right. Yeah, yeah. If my like down the line, like in fifty years, the LGBT plus community can can flourish in Malaysia. That's mm -hmm. good enough. How can we overcome these challenges affecting LGBT plus community in Malaysia? The first thing is not to um not to bring down each other <laughs> yeah yeah, uh, yeah uh, like to support each other uh, because uh, the lgbt plus community doesn't have anybody else but the lgbt plus community you know mm. that that and we we rely on each other right mm -hmm. yeah and as a community if we are talking about we as a community in whole the general population then I guess, I guess it starts with a very simple thing, like respect mm -hmm. each other as human beings. Yeah, and those negative narrative on mm. the media should stop too, you know. Yeah, because those happen. Stop. Those happen because we don't we don't respect each other as human. It's so disrespectful in so many ways. Yeah. I know you're chasing for ratings, numbers of views, and whatnot, mm. but I think that has to stop. You know, narrative that says I married a gay husband, mm. uh, my father is a, fa a gay, you know, mm. it has to stop. Come on. You mm. are in, in, in that field, in that media field, mm. you have that community working for you. And mm. that is the that is the narrative you sell. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. So, like, people in media does have a lot of power mm. over this, actually. Oh. Your makeup artist, your your upper, your MC, mm -hmm. they're all LGBT plus community. Mm -hmm. And people they don't have to say it out loud, but it's obvious. <laughs> it's all yeah. so obvious. And they, with gender fluid dressing, mm -hmm. you know, um, they don't have to be transgender anymore. They can wear baju kurung and still look like a man. Yeah, which is okay, <laughs> I think. Yeah. But yeah, but somehow it's it's like it's. You know, you still sell that narrative. It, it has to change. I agree with you. It has to yeah. change. Yeah. And like, I think the media has the biggest power here, right? Mm. Like if they were to... Um, because it's, it's, the, it's something that can influence people, 
you know, mm, mm. like basically like we don't know anything about the world unless mm. it's through this media, you know. Yeah, and yeah. whatever narrative they're selling to us, that's what our children are going to learn. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that's why you drive fear into this. Yeah, you're right. So like even like uh, as parents, we can do only so much to prepare our children for the world, right? Yeah. There is also this whole media narratives that they they are feeding to us, mm. right? So. And especially like the free media, I understand why the government state controlled media is um, say mm-hmm. these things about us. But like mm-hmm. the the free media, the ones that are actually you know not obliged to post anything that the government says. Mm-hmm. Why are they doing, doing this? You know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Before we end the conversation, what can we learn from this? What is your most valuable lessons in this work, and your advice to those who are struggling right now? We are all struggling. We are all humans. You know, we are all trying to make a place, uh, to make the smallest place in the world mm-hmm. for ourselves. You know, and it's hard. It's especially hard for the LGBT plus community with all the, like what we mentioned, the stigmas, the, the challenges, and things like that. Right? Mm. It's especially hard, and mental health issues is going to be there like i wish that it's not but mm-hmm. it's going to be there mm-hmm. and because of that like i think the with mental health issues the main thing is that you have to be open for treatment mm. like i like the the thing about malaysian law is that i can actually uh, say that i can if you, i think that you have mental health issues I can mm. just lock you up in our ward and, you know, mm. force-feed you medication and things like that. That is legally we can do that, right? The, mm. the, mm-hmm. the psychiatrist mm. in Malaysia. Yeah. But we don't want to do that, of course. Mm-hmm. One thing is because it's mm. inhumane. But second thing is mm. that with, with mental health issues, whatever I do as a doctor doesn't mean anything if you don't want to be treated. Mm-hmm. Or you 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 are not open for treatment. That's mm-hmm. not saying that you don't want to be treated, but you you are not open for treatment. So if you suspect that you do have mental health issues or things mm. like that, the the our our clinics, our hospitals are always open. The mm. government hospitals, government clinics, actually like you only have to pay like five ringgit if I'm not mistaken. True. Um, yeah, to to get help, mm-hmm. and this includes medication and things like that. Yeah. You know? And yeah. a lot more hospitals are uh, offering psychiatric help, you know. Mm-hmm. And the the all the clinic kesehatan and you know the government clinics and things like that. They even though they don't have psychiatry as a psychiatry as a special specialization there, um, they are they are specialists. They are mm. the people who are in charge there are actually mm-hmm. trained in in uh, mental health issues as well. Mm-hmm. So they can help. The help is there. Mm-hmm. It's just that you you just have to like be ready to reach out. Um, mm. I've seen them and they are very, very professional. They don't ridic- they don't ridicule you most most of them yeah so they they okay. won't listen to you okay can I say something about that can can uh, because uh, I think I think if any LGBT 
plus person li- listening to this uh, here, you say that they would be, um, they they would be offended maybe because because a lot of them has faced uh, stigma or they did from from doctors from oh. nurses doctors social uh, social workers yeah so um, and unfortunately it's something that is uh, that is quite common quite rampant mm-hmm. i would say and um what i would suggest is try to make your way into a psychiatric clinic uh, mm-hmm. if you can afford a private then uh, a government psychiatric clinic mm-hmm. because um people in the psychiatric clinics uh are required not to ridicule you actually so yeah, 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 so yeah. but we are also much more open to uh all these things, right? Like we, mm-hmm. we've seen our share of peop- uh, of difficulties and things like that, and we understand mm-hmm. better than, say, those people, the other doctors. But I'm not mm-hmm. saying that that yeah. Uh, yeah. some yeah. Psych- some psychiatrists can be homophobic yeah. as well. But yes. at least at least the chances are better there. Better, if yeah, if yeah. you want help specifically for mental health issues, you mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. you can Google for our Mentari, which is mm-hmm. the community clinics specifically for mental health issues. What are your hopes and dreams for the future, for the community, uh, the society in Malaysia and the world? Oh, that's that's a huge question. Your hopes and dreams for yourself, for, for the community, you know, for anyone, you, mm. you, you know, hopefully for the country. I hope that we can go towards uh, um, a more accepting nation, right? Like, mm-hmm. and not only talking about LGBT, right? Like, because a lot of our narrative in Malaysia, politically at least, is about division. It's about um, who belongs where. Right, I wish and I hope that, like, in my lifetime, I could see that that does not happen anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, because like at the end of the day, the the difference between me and uh, a Chinese person or even a Chinese mm-hmm. woman, right, is mm-hmm. less than one percent in our genetics. Mm-hmm. You know, and if we look at it, we are all. We all the same. We are all humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, regardless of gender, age, sexuality, race, mm-hmm. uh, religion, right? Like, I, I, I just wish that is something I could see that being being done in Malaysia. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then, okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Doctor Johan Johari, for sharing the insights and your. Um, research work with me today I think this uh, work is an inspiration to us all hopefully this can promote a greater good for the future in the community and the world thank you so much thank you thank you for listening to He 
A new episode is available every Thursday and don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at Rafi Ridzwan and at He Podcast for all the updates and behind the scenes. Once again, thank you for listening to He with Rafi Ridzwan.